Ladies, ladies, you don't have to wait for someone else to show enthusiasm for you. You can do that for yourself. We can do that together. Welcome to the Cup of Glow podcast. I'm your host, Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva, and I have the t-shirt to prove it. The Cup of Glow podcast seeks to entertain, inform, and inspire you through serial stories and discussions prompting you, the milestone diva in our midst, to own your power. How many women do you know with the deep understanding of their faith as well as with the ability to communicate their knowledge with us in a comfortable and easy manner? In honor of Women's History Month, we're exploring various positions women hold in church leadership. I grew up in a Baptist church, and as a child, I was accustomed to seeing only men as pastors of the churches in my local area. Times have certainly changed. It is now commonplace for women to be pastors of churches. It is my honor today to discuss some of the leadership roles of women in churches today with our guest, Pastor Doris Simpson from Polished After the Furnace International Ministries, located at 1230 Blountstown Street, Tallahassee, Florida. Pastor Simpson was born and raised in Perry, Florida. She is the mother of five and grandmother to two. She was called into ministry in 2003 as a prophetess. In 2018, she was given the vision for Polished After the Furnace International Ministries. Additionally, she's the owner of Cosme, the Experience Hair Salon, Padaya Academy Private School and Accurate Collection Drug Screening. Welcome, Doris. You are a busy woman. Thank you for having me. Let's dive in. You started in the ministry as a prophetess and later became the pastor of your church. What is the difference between a prophetess and a pastor? Um, a prophet is, is one that is the mouthpiece of God. It hears directly from God and it releases directly what God says. Um, no changing, no altering, but exactly what God says. The pastor is one that shepherds the people um, and it helps to keep the church in line. It's the one that um, will go the extra mile. It should have a a heart after God. And so the two work together, um, whereas you can still hear the voice of God in the sanctuary, in the church, and also get the shepherding that, shepherding that you need from the pastor. All right. So we can consider the pastor also like the manager of all things that's going on in the church, or is that someone else that would fill that role? No, it would be the pastor. Was it harder to start out as the prophetess and later go to prophetess and pastor? Which was harder to do to start doing? 
Um, to me, neither was harder because I was looking for um, position. I was looking for where I was supposed to be. So the pastor role came definitely after the prophetess, but as being a prophetess, I had to learn a lot of things that are now useful for me as being a um, pastor. Give us some examples of what you would actually do as a prophetess. Um, as a prophetess, God gives me insight into people's future. Um, he gives me warning. He gives me discipline and correction messages to relate to people. And so sometimes that is um, hard um, as far as if you know the person, you don't want to, you know, hurt feelings, but God had to get me over people's feelings. And also the, the prophet has to learn when to speak and when not to speak. Got it. I've seen other women in ministry described as apostles, evangelists, and missionaries. What's the difference? <clears throat> the apostle, if we look at the hand, we have five fingers, and so the scripture speaks um, clearly of the fivefold ministry. And the apostle, if we look at the hand, would be considered the thumb. And then, so the apostle has the ability to reach every other um, ministry apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist. Um, so it has the ability to cover all the other ministries. So the apostle is like a father figure that covers the other ministries in the kingdom. Oh, okay. And then women can also be apostles. If they say God told them to do that, I can't argue with that. <laughs> but the scripture clearly says that um, that apostle is a father figure. But again, you know, I don't hear what God says to everybody. I just so I, I understand. <laughs> I visited your church and I saw the active involvement of your children, singing, playing music, and dancing. Do you think any of them will follow you into leadership within the church? Definitely. My oldest is now working beside me now in ministry. Um, I have a daughter that sings gospel music um, that she has um, produced a CD from. And my son is a prophet. All of my children and I are very prophetic. Um, so I have prophetic dancer. I have two or three prophets in the house, as well as my grandson and my daughter. Messages get mixed up every now and then. <laughs> Well, no, pretty much the prophet, when we're in the spirit of God, that's why we have to be careful because there's a thin line between prophecy and witchcraft. So we, when we're in the spirit of God, all the messages say the same thing. It may have different language or terminology, but it all says the same thing. Got it. What challenges have you faced from the men in ministry? Well, it's... Ironic that you asked me that because the first challenge that I faced with a man was my very own dad um, that didn't believe that women should be able to stand in the pulpit 
And I had to remind him that he gave me a message when he walked off and left me. So somebody need to hear that. And then in scripture, we see that it was uh, several women that had um, ministered in the church and was called prophetess and different things like that. So I say, um, you know, to that challenge is uh, to each his own. I know I have something to say, and that's by way of the Holy Ghost. So uh, I got something to say to the men, too, as well as to women. So God has no respect a person. In the scripture, he used a donkey, so why not use a woman? Understand. Um, you mentioned your dad. We frequently hear about the old boys club in business, in corporations. Is there something similar in the ministry with the ministry at large, not just within your household with your father, but other local ministers or ministers you encounter do the men close up with regards to how they interact with the other women pastors? Do you ever encounter any issues with that? If I do, I'm, I'm dumbfounded to it because I have um, one eyesight, and that's the eyesight of God. So a lot of times things happen to me, and I don't. God has to reveal that to me. Oh, they, this happened, that happened, but um, I'm over people. I'm over what they would think about me, <laughs> so... I think you would really have to be a very strong person to put yourself out in any realm doing anything that you're going to have to interact with the public. But to be a pastor of a church to me is extremely impressive. I don't know that I could take that on my shoulders, my very big shoulders, but I don't think so. What do you love the most about pastoring a church? People. I love people. I have the spirit of gab. I could talk. They don't have to talk back. Just sit. I do all the talking. I love people. I love to interact. I love um, helping. Um, I'm a giver. Um, I just love the um, um, to see another person catapult um, to the next place. And so that takes me having to. I just love people. Children, big people, little people. Uh, it doesn't matter. So I say the the people being able to conversate with people um, is the best part of pastoring. Besides your own children, who I would imagine follow your example, have anyone in your congregation also receive the word or the vision to move beyond sitting in the pew and taking another role within the church? Yes. Actually, right now we're currently... Um I'm doing a leadership training amongst my leaders. Um, I've had a couple of leaders to join the church. Um, one even quit their job and said that they believe God has told them to uh, devote all of their time to us. So, yeah, they they are very uh, submissive, my leaders, and uh, we plan on elevating as God see fit. What advice would you give a woman who may be considering a leadership role in her own place of worship, whether it's the traditional Christian church or a different path, but she's considering going to another level? I would um, say to, to those women to jump. My motto is to jump, don't prepare a parachute, 
Don't uh, prepare the fall that you may fall. Just jump and allow God to do the catching or there or put his hands in place that you can step on his hands and go higher. You'll never know until you do it. And we don't realize how powerful we are as women. Come on, we birth children. <laughs> We, we birth children, and, and some of it is without medication. And so if we have the strength to do that, we can conquer leadership in the church. Through the Holy Ghost, we can conquer that. Absolutely, yes. I have three. So three times. <laughs> While the church I grew up in only had male pastors at the time, there were women in visible roles that assisted the pastor, such as the church mother and deaconesses. Do you have women who serve in those capacities in your church? No, everybody has a voice. Um, God has given me a vision, but he's given me uh, members that can add creativity to the vision. So they have to be as loud as I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So, women, you hear that. If you want to share your voice with Polished After the Furnace International Ministries, you do not have to be inhibited. You can just show up and open your mouth. Our primary audience is women age 50 and over. Most are high achievers and still active in their careers. Some have church homes already, and some are still exploring. What can a visitor expect the first time they attend Polish After the Furnace? They should expect something coming straight from the hip. I shoot straight from the hip. Um, we call it what it is. We have love. We are actually teaching now on love, not on ministry, but on love, because the scripture says, by loving kindness have I drawn thee, and they can expect a word, they can expect many hugs from uh, the adults as well as the children, and after that, a good meal. You provide meals after yes. every service? I love, I love fellowship. Um, we pull the food out, and we just sit and talk and laugh and, you know, fellowship and have a good time, because we're family. Is there a certain menu every week, or is it just ad no, hoc? it's just as it comes. Wow. What did y'all have last week? <laughs> <laughs> One of the ministers uh, prepared sliders. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my son cooked smothered pork chops yesterday Ooh. and said, Mom, come on over. We have cabbage and smothered pork chops what? and mac and cheese. I I'm dieting, but I broke the diet <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> uh, let's switch for a moment and talk about your many businesses. I'll name one of them, and you give us a description of it. Okay. Sell your business <laughs> in a few sentences. Cause me the experience. If I'm mispronouncing it, correct it. No, you're exactly right. Cause me the experience. Um, I've been styling hair now um, for over uh, 35 years. My first hair salon was in the high school gym where I, I skipped every class to wait for the girls to come and get their hair done. But where God has taken Cause me the experience now, um, I'm trying to help um, 
younger ladies um, that are styling hair to be professional, budget their finances, um, show them how to start a hair salon with as little as $1,000, show them how to be that customer service um, person that they need to be, as well as how to market themselves. So we do a lot of everything, hair, nails, pedicures, braids, sew-ins, uh, relaxers, jerry curls, pressing curls. Um, we do it all. We don't turn anything away. So, um, and then our ultimate goal is to be in into the Hilton hotels, um, um, producing our products that we have, which we're coming out with a um, a shampoo and a conditioner. So we'll be adding things to our um, line of work with that as well. Individuals are still wearing Jerry Curls. Yeah, I did one today. Matter of fact. Okay. <laughs> And your Padilla? Padilla? Padilla. Ah, Padilla. Yeah. Padilla Academy, private school. What does Padilla mean? Padilla is a Hebrew word that means the um, discipline of a child. And it went hand in hand with what God says to us in Scripture, that we should train up a child in the way they should go. And so schooling has got um, just out of hand um, when it comes to our children. But how that came about, I have a daughter that was born with Down syndrome, but they told me this wasn't going to happen. She wouldn't be able to do this. And immediately God changed the diagnosis to up syndrome. And so he said with up syndrome, she's always climbing up and reaching milestones and being catapulted, you know, into whatever it is that she's challenging. So our school is geared towards the kids that have been talked down to, the ones that are having some type of mental uh, condition, the ones that have IEPs, um, kids that seem like they can't learn. We want to come, those kids to come to our school so that we can help turn them around for the good. That's quite honorable because not my calling, (laughs) (laughs) but that's still an honorable profession. Do you have many teachers with you? I have a few teachers with me now, Um, and the reason being is because don't some people just get a job. I don't want that type of person. They have to have a love for these type children because um, their 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 bicycle doesn't run as fast as our bicycle. And so a lot of times their bike is on brake mode. And so we have to know how to deal with those kids. And so we're waiting patiently for the right people to come and join our team. Very good. And finally, but not least, accurate collection, drug screening. Yes, this this helps um, for um, business owners that have employees that they want drug screening before, after, or doing um, um, employment. We offer um, transportation where we come to the job and do it on site as well. Currently, we're doing um, hair samples and urine samples. And so this is to help because the drug world or the drug use is building up, but we don't want someone that's driving a tractor or even um, driving a bus or anything like that to hurt anyone. And so a lot of times if they know beforehand that this person has a drug use, um, it can help them to better position that person, not get rid of them on the job, but give them a job, you know, where they can help themselves, first of all, and then also be away from hurting someone else. 
Exactly. Well, that's a great service. We need to identify people with special needs. Mm -hmm. That's a special need. Mm -hmm. And help them through it, not talk down to them. Right, right. On this podcast, we always provide opportunities to recognize and celebrate birthdays with our listeners by offering a fun story or fun birthday trivia. Tell us about your most fun or interesting birthday. Mm. It's um, maybe turning the age of 32, my kids... um, we were in a homeless situation, and my children, I had four children at the time, and it was my birthday. And they said, Mama, close your eyes. We got a present for you. We got a present for you. So I'm thinking they went outside and picked a flower. Well, they went outside and found a a, a disfigured, I say, rock. Um, and they, they, they decorated it as if it was a cell phone. Aww. And I was like, oh, my gosh. The, the, it was it was it was creative. I I wanted a phone, <laughs> not a rock phone, but it was like Flintstone mode. <laughs> they were gonna manifest that yes, phone for you. Yes, yes, yes. So the love that they showed for me, um, that was very very exciting. I am a a mummy, um, a hundred percent. Um, and most of my life is geared around my children. So I didn't have so-called friends to give, and and I believe my kids knew that. So they stood in and gave me um, that cell phone. Well, I've seen you interact with your children, and it is nice. They they do seem to be genuine. Yes, they are. Yeah. Well, I neglected to ask this before, so we'll go back and I'll do that. Can you tell us more about Polished After the Furnace? That's an unusual name for a church for me. Yes. Perhaps it is for others as well. So please explain. Explain that. So um, during my my time of um, being in different churches, um, we were abused, um, spiritually abused. Um, my kids was mistreated. Um, and I'm talking about I was only two days saved, so I still had the worldly fight in me. So I wanted to fight, fight, fight. But God promised me that he would fight my battles for me. So I, I stayed in and kept doing what I needed to do. And so it was so much hurt and pain. Um, I remember one day coming home. It's been about five, six years ago now. My son ran, jumped off the porch. He said, Mama, Mama, I heard from God. I said, well, what did he say? He said, it's time to start ministry. And so from that day to the day that we started ministry um, was about two years. So God say, um, uh, start the ministry, but open the doors for the hurt. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, you already know not what to do. (laughs) You don't hurt people. You don't stop them from ministering. You know, you accept their creativity. So he said that we have to become polished, but we got to get in the fire. Uh-huh. So the furnace is the fire, but it's going to, after it's polished, you're going to be that polished piece of gold. And so even before you realize that you are raw as a gold nugget, God has you in the fire. So polish after the furnace international ministry says this, don't be afraid to get in the fire. Stop standing and warming up, seeing if it's too hot, trying to check the temperature. Just get in the fire so that you can be purified in that area, and then God can move you to the next place. 
Well, thank you for that explanation. I'm sure that helped other people as well. And the message is even in the title. Yes. Very good. Very good. Well, Pastor Doris, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And before we close, please leave us with a few words of wisdom to help us live happy. To help us live happy, we got to believe that we can achieve. We have to push and keep pushing. Don't stop. Don't look back. Whatever's in front of you that's trying to hinder you, run it over and keep moving. That sounds kind of hurtful. Just run it over. Run it over. (laughs) But we'll be happy in the end. You'll be happy in the end. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. Today's program was brought to you by Replay Fitness, Feel Good Again, helping women age 50 and older to retire happy and feel good again. To learn more about Replay Fitness, Feel Good Again, go to replayfitnessfga.com. Remember to subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast. We love what we do and sharing a few minutes with you. Email your questions or comments about the Cup of Glow podcast to Gloria at cupofglow.com. Until next time, this has been the Cup of Glow podcast with Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva. It's about a decade and not a day.